0: Hey, my name's Eric Davidson, and you're listening to The District Podcast. This episode is a special live edition recorded at the District Magazine Issue 6 launch in The Workman's in association with Bullet Frontier Whiskey. In this episode, I catch up with Shane McCauley from Sold Out Magazine, Kelly Doherty, aka Gadget in the Cloud, Benz the PRO, co-founder of Slight Motif, and Dylan Murphy, co-founder of Mabfield. We discuss the future of music media in Ireland with a specific slant on Irish hip-hop. Enjoy. um thanks for sticking around um my name is Eric Davidson I'm the editor of District um I'm uh the, the idea for this panel came about I went to Jafar's uh, album launch party and I had five pints of Guinness and was feeling very emotional and uh bumped into a few of the people who are on the panel right now at it and uh for a long time District. We're the only ones who are dedicated to hip hop in, in Ireland, um, in terms of publications and at that at that event, five points in, um, bumped into a few people, saw a few slight motif t shirts. Um, and yeah, just just felt real like heartwarmed that there was more people now actually pushing it forward, which was amazing. It was amazing to see. So, um that was the sort of genesis of this panel. I'm glad we're all on the on the panel now it's nice yeah so um maybe i'll go around and get everyone to introduce each other first
1: um shane yeah uh i do sold out podcast um yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's a it's a hip-hop focused yeah yeah so it's a based around irish hip-hop so i started it just over a year ago um and yeah doing it every week so every wednesday um yeah and kelly
2: uh, yeah, um, I write for Nylor 9 and The Thin Air, um, and I run a uh, a new radio show on Dublin Digital Radio called Some Rap Songs, um, where I focus on Irish hip-hop and interview people um, from within the scene. And uh, I wrote a piece earlier this year for Boiler Room about the Irish hip-hop scene.
0: And also Gadget in the Cloud.
2: Oh, yeah, and I also yeah. make music on the name Gadget in the Cloud. <laughs> and I've got a song coming out tonight at midnight on Spotify, so check that out.
0: <laughs> Everyone... <laughs>
2: Uh, this, oh, shit, what is it? Uh, it's, called, it's called Keep You, and my name is Gadget in the Clouds. so check that out. Save it, woo! Uh, so
3: I'm Bounce, the P-R-O. <laughs> what's, good, what's, good, what's good, guys? So, uh, I'm a co-founder of um, Slight Motif, and there's a few of the guys down there. We basically push everything urban in Ireland, so through magazine, YouTube videos, events, and merchandise. So, that's a summary of
4: what we do. Um, my name's Dylan, I do a podcast called um, mapfield and co-founder here, Jack is here somewhere as well, but yeah, it's uh, hip-hop focused, and yeah, sort of similar to what Shane's doing to be honest. It's for everyone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, what got you
0: in, what, all of you into an industry that is typically a very difficult industry to sustain yourself in? Because I ask myself that question every day.
4: Um, I mean, for me, like I've always really been into hip-hop music and wasn't really aware of what was going on and I wanted to start something that you know I could like examine hip-hop culture and it became very apparent that it's very difficult to get into with like international acts you know you sort of say oh I'm gonna interview this guy and then it's like not gonna happen so I started like looking closer to home basically and like bumped into I don't know Leo Miyagi if people know him and he was like in Belfast and then I started seeing more and more talent and yeah that you can do stuff closer to home and that in Ireland, there's just so much starting to pop off, and so many talented artists. Yeah,
0: I find it difficult being from Belfast, uh, having, uh, to try and get yourself into the industry because it's already <laughs> so hard to be a journalist in Ireland, yeah, or a, a publication or a podcast or whatever you do. Uh, but you know, like it, to be in a, to be in a city that's not considered like the city in the, yeah, in the country. I,
4: I mean, there's a lot of people that are interested in hip hop, but there's like people. Don't really have anyone to look towards to be like oh he's doing that so I can like do the same thing whereas I feel like in Dublin especially you know you're starting to get people like Jafaris and Kojak and even previous to that Reggie Snow who are giving people inspiration to do it whereas for me there wasn't really anyone there so I started going broader field looking at like I've had like God knows on the podcast from Limerick I've had people from Belfast had people from Derry had people from Dublin you know and just trying to get it across the country and even trying to encourage people in Belfast I want to focus on it more there but there's just not quite the scene there at the moment. So, yeah, it has been difficult. I, I was saying to someone earlier, like, I spend as much time in Dublin as I do in in, in Belfast at the moment. Like, yeah.
0: And Bounce, what made you move into uh, being a journalist, essentially?
3: Out uh, Straight was, um, I think from an event we did back in college, we did an event with the Afrosaw, and we, we're, we out of just reflex, we just featured artists in Dublin because we kind of knew, at the time, we kind of knew Jafarists. We knew about Unique so We knew about N.C. Gray. So not uh, we did that. And then we saw how there is talent in Dublin. And the only thing was there was no, like, everyone wasn't just, everyone was just doing, you No, know, their friends, they depend on their friends to share their music. They depend on their friends to, like, or people around them to push um, their, all right. So we just had to make an atmosphere of just urban content. So, and that's where we just
0: decided to just drop this whole package called Slime Motif and just literally just keep moving with it. Did you have any direct influences when you started? Were you looking abroad? Were you looking at the UK? Because I remember when we started District, it was very much like our contemporaries obviously weren't in Ireland. They were in the UK. They were, you know, like Dazed ID. We looked at you guys.
3: We looked at GQ, Complex, Blink Up TV, uh, Crack Magazine. So we just like, uh, yeah, we just go online and just... Like before we did it, we... Just see them. I'm like, what oh, are you doing this? X X L. We looked at all of them and just like they're just doing this. But then once we had this idea, once we see something like that, we're like, okay, shit. We just we now look through it throughout, and then just get really interested in it. So we just, yeah,
1: yeah. From loud, well, those are all our influences. Can I ask how you like set up your team? Because like you have a lot of people on site, My yeah.
0: Shane runs podcast, so if he takes over from me, that's fine. I'm okay <laughs> with that. That's okay. Oh, well, like um that year and AfroSoc, it
3: was. It, like we worked really well together and we didn't re- and it was off reflex like we were just we have a sick you know toby a sick photographer there we have like the most organized human being in the in the world behind him and then this genius right there and then charlie's in here as well but like what's this so yeah we just like worked really well together and just said okay let's do this outside college and, and just yeah so and then from then we've been
0: growing because you know what and Kelly, what, what was your sort of route into journalism? Were you a musician first and then you d- decided to cover the the scene you were sort of immersed in?
2: Um, yeah, I kind of had a bit of a weird route. It, like, I was like a teenage emo um, who didn't have many friends to talk about music with. Um, so I actually started writing when I was like 14. Um, I submitted like a bunch of reviews to this webs- this American website that I used to like use all the time. And after like six months of me harassing them, they were like, fine You can write something. Um, And then I I did that for ages, but it was all based in America. So I felt very separate from any type of music scene. I didn't really feel like I was a part of anything. Um, So then, yeah, when I was around 19, then um, I started looking at Irish publications. um, And that was when I got in touch with The Thin Air um, to start writing about stuff with them. And it was kind of for a long period of time, I was kind of just writing about like any genre Like I have a really wide interest in different types of music and stuff, but I found over the last couple of years, I don't know, the Irish hip hop scene just really like started to resonate with some with me. It was something that I was like close to, that I was seeing happening around with me that felt really, really vibrant. Like kind of just really exactly like, and uh, I think with music journalism, a lot of the time when you're covering like really big artists, if I'm covering some big American artists or something, it's like, yeah, this is something I'm interested in, but am I making an impact by writing about this? Am I just contributing to stuff that's already out there? Whereas when you're writing then about like a local scene and something that's on the verge of something amazing, you really are actually contributing something, and then I think because I'd kind of fallen out of love with music journalism a little bit and it started to kind of feel like a bit of a chore because there isn't much money in it you know it takes a long time and stuff like that um but then I, when I started writing when I started writing about the Irish hip-hop scene and, and the Irish electronic scene as well um I just really started to fall in love with it again because I was like I'm a part of this scene and I'm really having like really enjoying it and getting to know people and stuff that's
0: super interesting. like it's essentially the, it could be the person that you're interviewing first ever interviewer their first ever review and that's there's a, there's a real spark of something special about that. Not only for you, because you're discovering that artist, but that person is absolutely soaked at home, exactly, looking at yeah. like it like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know.
2: So. Yeah, that, and that's like, I feel like that's the goal a lot of the time, like, we're not promo people for like major artists who are already getting the attention. What really like strikes a chord and what like makes you feel like what you're doing is worth something is when you're giving someone a shot that wouldn't have a shot otherwise, and you're getting attention to amazing work that would be potentially ignore it otherwise
0: amazing and uh shane yourself your uh your l- l- little back story
1: yeah sort of really similar to to everyone here but uh i fell into it in a really weird way because i do like graphic design in college and so i was kind of more so looking from like the design perspective of everything and uh looking up to like editorial design and stuff um and i kind of drew this weird parallel i think between like podcasts have kind of become like the old school like a zine of like journalism because it just gives you a way into like interviewing as you said like a like a brand new scene so um even like there's some familiar faces in the crowd here like rebel p and a few others um but yeah i kind of just looked up to even like adam 22 and no jumper and how he got like a lot of people's first interviews over in la and i kind of just thought to myself yeah this has to be the same sort of scene here in Dublin. And I fell into it in a really weird or organic way. I just sort of did a podcast and kept doing it. And here I am, sort of. The,
0: what's the what strikes me about everyone on the panel, um, you mentioned Leo Miyagi, Dylan, um, Kelly yourself, you're an actual artist yourself, but everyone on the panel seems to have on the ground relationships with artists. Um, you know, you can see by the Instagram, like there's a there's a there's a camaraderie, you know, day-to-day camaraderie with these artists. Do you, do you find that's important for getting to the crux of what you want to find out about artists? Is that a, is that an important aspect of what you all do? Yeah. Well, to
3: start it off, like, cause you start your thing, you start your thing, you started after we started our thing. I feel like yeah. But um, if there's no camar- camaraderie, just like want to work with people that already started a brand or uh, or a podcast or or a blog post or a blog article. Thing, so, yeah, I feel like the camaraderie Stop is important. laughing at him.
1: <laughs> the camaraderie is important. My friends are laughing at me. I, <laughs> I, I think it's a testament as well to, like, the scene here. Like, when you go to a gig, you end up kind of seeing the same faces as well. And, you know, you just kind of get chatting to people over a few points, you know, as well. So. I,
4: I think it's, like, super important, dude, that... For the interviews themselves, like, if you kind of know someone, like, every time I have someone to the, to do the podcast with me, like, currently it's at my parents' house, so, like, my dog's, like, walking about, you know, my parents are making food or whatever. It's, like, a very casual environment. um, And I would always, like, invite them around and we'd have a few a few beers or something and we'd get to know each other if we don't already. And, like, the best interviews I've done have always been with people that I know I don't tend to get people on that I don't know beforehand. um, And, yeah, getting to see these people who haven't had interviews possibly before open up in a way that's really natural you know they haven't got any labels sort of censoring what they have to say you know it's it's really it's that's what i got into getting to hear stories essentially about how they got into things what influenced them
3: i also feel like it's you said earlier that like obviously it was kind of it's still growing here but i think it's e- it was easier here to just move in the sense because it's small like Ireland is small so you'd go to this event right now there's at least 80% of people here are doing something in the creative like scene so it's already networking this kind of event. So any event like that, you're already like growing from it. So yeah, that's an advantage that Ireland's actually small. So you can just meet everybody and just grow from that.
0: And K- Kelly, do you feel like when you interview artists, do they have a instant respect for you because you're an artist yourself?
2: Um, I think. Um, I think it's easier to relate instantly like it's kind of it, the, like the stuff that you can chat about when you're like starting off the interview or when you're meeting someone for the first time like you're going through similar experiences and I think it's also really easy as well to kind of be a bit like more empathetic than you would be otherwise because I only started making music like three years ago I think so I've been doing journalism like a good bit longer than that um, and I I kind of see things from a slightly different perspective now like and, like, interviews I've done where I've been, like, ah, fuck, like, what am I supposed to say to you? I don't know why I'm really boring, Do you know? And, like, it, it's kind of easier to, like, be patient with people and kind of try and draw things out and, like, really engage with, like, the real life elements of it because I think when I started doing music journalism and I was asking questions it was 100% from a fan perspective so I was like wow tour is great what are you going to say on the show what are you going to do as opposed to I feel like I've got like a little bit of a better insight now into kind of the background stuff and kind of how these things come about so it's yeah it, it kind of it makes it feel like there's an easier relationship there where you kind of understand but I think you know it's also at the same time it's like a thing to always be really conscious of and something I'm always really conscious of, of the fact that I make music as well as writing about music. I think it's important to make sure that I have that kind of mental separation as well, because I'll play with acts um, and I'll play certain places and stuff like that. But in terms of them being a music journalist, I have to kind of put a more objective hat on as well. And I think that's something that's really important to be conscious of that separation. And I think it's something that Dylan actually um, talks about as well in terms of like, you know, in the Irish music scene where, where, Really great for each other with being like your class, I'm class. Let's be class together, and that's really great because it it, it builds everyone up. But we also have to have like a critical head as well, or else people aren't going to be helped grow, and you're not going to be helped developed. And I know for me, like as a musician, ten people being like, "Ah, oh, yeah, good," even though they don't think it's good, isn't going to help me grow. What is going to help me grow is people saying, "This is something you need to fix. This is something you need to do." So I think it's important that you know, as much as we are a community, that we can also use like critical skills to help people grow and develop as well
0: for sure that's really interesting because (laughs) that was one thing that when i was at that your gig and i was out of everyone here when i was thinking about like you know who would like to talk to and who are the people moving up everyone brings something new to the table that wasn't there before (laughs) like you said like then the critical thing is like a hugely important thing that i did feel was like massively lacking in in uh, or Irish music and spe- specifically Irish hip-hop. Uh, just one thing before I wanted to ask you, is there anything as an artist that you will definitely now never ask someone in an interview because you're an artist?
2: Oh, let me think. Um... That, like,
0: bores Something the arse that, off you. Like, um, yeah. always get asked over and over again. You know, I'll like, be those taking those notes things. of
2: this. I'm <laughs> trying to think now. I'm trying to think. I've, I think there's some questions that you ask as a music journalist that actually just don't have an answer and that never have an answer. Like, kind of like vague questions about Top like. Top five. Yeah. Or like, you know. What was the inspiration for the album? Like, stuff like that. Like, it's, sometimes it's like, I didn't fucking know. Like, it was written over like a year of like emotional breakdowns. I don't know, like, what you want me to talk about? Like, so I think, I think it's those like really vague, all encompassing questions where you're like, I don't even know the answer to that. How am I supposed to tell you? So, yeah, I think going a bit more for specifics and, and stuff like
0: Very that. You obviously didn't do any research. It was just like the cookie cutter question. Oh, literally,
2: like... 100%. Like, you have no idea who I am, do? You? <laughs>
0: Um, as we mentioned, like hip hop is so important for everyone um, on the panel here. Why why do you feel the the movement? And this is a this is actually a pretty one of those like vague open <laughs> questions. But like and pretty like I don't know. It's it's been touched on so many times. But I suppose I asked this question to artists more so. So it's gr- It'd be great to get an insight from from journalists essentially. Um, wh- why do you think the Irish hip hop movement has had so much legs in the last? I don't know maybe 10 years 5 10 years maybe even more recent cuz obviously there's a there's a deep history of Irish hip hop that has happened and it's been happening since the early 90s but there was such a stagnant period and now it clearly is blossoming what why do you think that is
3: There's been like landmarks that's happened though with all these things like those um obviously I feel like it just takes a few collectives or uh, someone to actually keep going and being constant with it. Like you see like that fusion lab, like signing Jafaris, and they're really, really, really pushing him. And there was hit his hair squared as well at a point um where they're really like pushing hair squared. <laughs> and then also a big factor was publications. That's a massive factor. Like the existence of like all of us. So like because a lot of, like I was a lot of us won't know that like some of these musicians are actually pretty doing well in their they're doing pretty well in their field. Like they're making a, a good ton of money in their field. But no one knows about it. No one knows, like, that these guys are, you know, like, doing well. So, because, like I said, the talent is there. There's people there doing dope stuff, and they're very, very talented, but no one knows about it. And also, um, yeah, it's really publications, and just someone just keeps being consistency. Even with the publications, consistency as well. That's all it really is at the end of the day.
4: Sometimes I think it's, like, making it seem like a thing. Like, it does exist. Like, a lot of people just are totally unaware that there's, like, talented artists, like you're saying. Like, publications are making it aware. But, like, I have friends who only know about Irish hip-hop because I started doing it. And, like, they'd listen to, I don't know, Kojak or whatever. And, yeah, like, when you when you have publications talking about it, it makes it seem more legit sometimes. Um, Because if it's just events happening, like... I don't know yeah I, th- I think it's sort of similar to what you're saying but it's like legitimizing what's going on almost but
0: even like even like your friends knowing who kojak is for, for me is a massive step yeah like to, to when we started off it was that like like kojak. can we ask you about that actually because yeah because you've already
3: you grew you guys grew with kojak obviously so like yeah how's like basically how's because he's pretty established now
0: super interesting obviously like we we like we we did gigs with, with kojak in in the basement of the south william to like 150 people um and then you know a year later it was it was go time you know it was crazy Um like so no it's like that that's it's a massively heartwarming thing to see you know it was only reggie at that time that he was the beacon for it and the hair squad guys and like I was saying this to Jafar yesterday, I was interviewing him for a thing we're doing, and I saw him in the Bernard Shaw smoking area, I think like three or four years ago, and he just changed his name from Profound, and there was everyone was just like smoking, looking over, going, oh, "Okay," and just like turned around, and he was just like going fucking crazy, like, and there's a few people there who are interested, and then fast forward three years, and everyone in that button factory room were eyes glued to him, jumping up on the stage. So like, uh, uh, what I'm asking you guys is how how uh, how did that happen in such a short pl- space of time? Is it purely down to those individual artists being so talented? You know, the Hair Squads, Jafaris, this Kojaks, like Mangos, all the way. You know, like this this oh, Timmy's name. I'll get in trouble if I keep naming people. But um, yeah, like what, what how did that happen? Like what 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 sparked that?
2: I think um I think with Irish hip hop and it's definitely the thing that resonated with me the most um is that it's like finally an authentic voice. I think that's the thing with it like growing up in in Ireland like listening to the Irish music that was popular was like these fucking middle class like lads with acoustic guitars who are writing the same song over and over again and like but like they 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 still exist like they're still if you look at the Irish charts I get emails from them I
3: can't I can't do anything
2: but like they're all they're all the same like and they all make the same music and that was why I was exposed to it in school I was listening to the girls in school being like oh we're all going to the coronas tonight and I'd be like fucking kill me like and and like but like that's that's what it is like and and <laughs> that's what we were told Irish music was so then i think once you get past that barrier once you have a publication or once you like stumble upon something on facebook that gets the initial introduction to this music and like that's the pro- the problem is the initial introduction it's like trying to reach as many people as possible but once you do get people on it I think they're hooked because for the first time we're listening to vocalists we're listening to rappers we're engaging with producers who are talking about what it's like to live in Dublin what it's like to live in Limerick Cork and like what it is actually like for people living in this country right now and like beyond that as well like working class representation in Irish music this is the first time I felt like I'm hearing people who are talking about what it's like to be working class and what it's like to grow up in nothing and that's I I think that's so empowering and to hear that coming from people who could live up the road from you is amazing and I think that's the power in the scene like I listen to the Limerick lads uh, and all the stuff that's coming out from like the lads like Hazy Hayes and stuff and like Strange Boy yeah and like what they're putting out is unbelievable and it's like uh, listening to lyrics that you like understand and that your friends experience that that what's happening around you and that's the power like and I think that's why it's it's taken off once you have people and the same with the Kojak album like people relate to it and people understand it and I think that's why it's it's taking. Everyone off. worked
0: a shit job at one stage. Exactly, like,
2: yeah. Um,
3: someone put me on the Limerick guys actually like two no a year ago. A year ago, yeah. It's like the videos, everything is production. It's down to a T. That's crazy, and I, a lot of what a lot of people here don't even know about that. That's like that's happening. That's a whole scene on its own. That's crazy.
0: If Dublin is New York, then Limerick is definitely LA. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but what's it? I still feel like a strong part of the growth was publications because the fact that we can document. Like, cause moments like that could happen, and there's a time moments like that could happen, and it just happened for the people that were there, that experienced it, and they just saw that. and That's it. But now you can actually just put it up, on the, online, and people that missed it can see that, and they can see. Prof- output. Like again, it looks good. It's marketed good. It's professional. It's like, like wow, you know. And then also, yeah. So production, publications, marketing, it all comes to that. Even even small things like Evans Jr. and Sky Mountain beefing. The that is actually like it's all
0: part of it as well. So what's it? Yeah, that's how like <laughs> that's
3: how growth comes anyway. So yeah, um,
0: I've I've got a question for you, Shane. Um, you've uh interviewed so many artists on the on the show, um, and like you know we can we can all pat each other on the back all day saying hip hop in Ireland is amazing, but I do feel like there's a point where we'll get to a critical mass, and we either take the next step up or will just stay at this point and this will always be known as this like purple patch for Irish hip-hop which is like you know we'll all look back on this and like bar steal the shit out of it in 20 years time but what do you think needs to be done to take it to that ne- next level to get it outside of the bubble that's like say in this room like you know who not, like everyone like like if you talk to anyone on the street who doesn't know about Evans Jr. you know yeah, yeah. like like what what needs to be done to take it to that next level
1: yeah, I mean, that, that's a tough question. Um for you. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think we're on a nice trajectory at the moment, you know what I mean? Even like, as you said, that Chafaris listening party was like a huge step forward for this scene. Um, I don't know, to be honest. Um, it's kind of like the philosopher's stone of like, if I had that answer, then it kind of would be there.
0: Th- then like, maybe like even simplified, is there anything you'd change currently about Irish Hip Hop? Is there anything that you feel? And I suppose maybe that's a, an open question to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything that you'd, that you would change and flip yeah. that, like, isn't working right now that you feel would, if it got rid of that, it would t- take us to the next level.
1: Yeah, because, like, one thing that, like, obviously has changed sort of recently is, like, you know, just people supporting each other as well. And, like, as, as long as that continues as well, I feel like... So maybe, like, people who are staying exclusive to themselves and, like, staying in their own bubble too much maybe are limiting, like, the success of other artists then... Um, but like up until now, I think we've kind of—it's a testament to the growth that's come so far—is like the collaboration, sharing each other's songs, and you know everything like that. So, I—I
3: I think like it—it it, it is slow, but it is growing because I'll, okay, I finished college like uh, last year, right? And then everyone in my class, no one knew about like the Irish scene or anything. I go back to like a house party after I graduated, and there's a guy playing Link Up by JB Two. And he loves JB2. And I was just like, like, <laughs> so I'm just like, what? You know what I mean? And people know Jeff Farris as well. That I didn't think we even know Jeff Farris. So it is very slow, but it's, it's growing. And I feel like what, right now, what I'm thinking will change, should, you know, change is just, you know, the big companies should just be funding us really. We should just be getting like sponsored. Um, yeah, the discussion and she... earlier was literally, like I was listening a lot to that because that's a, that's a bubble we're in right now because mm-hmm. there's no money in the, in this um
1: That's in one thing actually I, I wanted to touch on as well. Was like I think a huge step forward even was the district stage at Forbidden Fruit even because I went along to it over the weekend. I don't know if anyone else did, but there was only a few Irish acts. You know what I mean? And it felt like it was really missing that stage of a fully Irish curated stage or something. You know.
0: Um, you touched on something Kelly earlier that I thought was really interesting the the fact that you were covering not only hip hop but like different scenes and like the the panel before us proves wholeheartedly that like even in a scene like house and techno that's getting battered and bruised all the time there's still like amazing artists coming out of it is there anything we can learn from other scenes not necessarily house and techno but is there anything we can learn from other scenes to help push Irish hip-hop forward um trying to think I
2: think hmm, I think definitely like the the scene kind of needs to to push outside of Ireland i think like seeking out more gigs even if it's like fairly shitty gigs in like the uk or whatever or wherever it is kind of just like pushing beyond so it's not just playing the same circuit around ireland and playing with the same people like getting the opportunity to be seen elsewhere um i feel like there's like a little bit too much of a focus on like like singles um i think that's a little bit of a problem i think i think more people should be making the jump Uh, into releasing, like, at least an EP, if not an EP, an album. Um, Because, like, singles are great and it gets you exposure in the moment, but singles don't make a scene. And I think, you know, there's going to be a lot more work, a lot more, like, even for the artists themselves, like, if you're releasing an album, you have to take time out to release that album. You have to take it very slowly. You have to put a lot of time and effort. You need to prepare your press cycle on this. It isn't something that you're saying... This is ironic because this is what I did last week. But it's not something where you're, like, throwing up a song on Spotify for pre-save and you're like, oh, yeah, it's out next week. Like, you know, taking the time out to strategically plan, I think that's something that's really, really important. Obviously, that's hard as well because, like, there's not much money in this industry. In general, we, like, people have to work. Like, you don't have time to dedicate to that sort of thing. But I think that's something that's really important, um, like, putting out those albums and, and kind of, you know, making that presence and not just focusing on singles because I think that is is something that kind of pr- holds you back basically, yeah.
4: Um. Yeah, uh, sort of something similar, although I sort of when you were talking about like um, improved production value, I sort of think that, again, we need more money, but we need more industry connections across the water. I was talking to Prod Solo from Deerfack and he was telling me that, you know, he'd sent some some sort of merger deal um, over the water and they were investing money. And I think the DIY influence in Ireland is doing really well. You know, we're putting on shows like people are getting a following, but it can only take you so far. It, it gets to a point where you need financial backing because if no one they can make the best music in the world, but if no one's hearing it, then you're pissing into the wind, essentially. Like you need to get that like big backing internationally, I think, to get people pushed. Like even looking like Slow Thai, for example, like, he's an amazing artist, but he's been shoved down people's throats so much. Like, you go to Spotify, I was getting notifications about his album, and, like, do you know, I didn't even ask for it. Like, he, he's sick, like, he's so good, but you need that industry backing for a couple of people, I think. Like, just to even just uplift the scene as a whole a bit more, because, like you said about the Limerick lads and stuff, they're doing some amazing stuff, but it's only people who are really into, into hip-hop that are going to find them, I think, you know.
1: And probably more stuff, like, even what JLOL did with, like, Aaron Unknown and stuff, like, and just bridging that. Yeah, gap
4: collaborations, 100%, 100%. Do you think, then,
0: do you think radio plays a big part in it, uh, Kelly, you mentioned your show on DDO, but obviously that's, like, a wholly independent DIY uh, platform in the same way that we're all on that same level. Do you think that, in the same way that BBC do in the UK, do you feel like Irish radio has a lot to, a lot of work to do in terms of putting people on? Like, you know, you've got, like tara stewart's new show you've got uh our hannah o'connell if she's in the room Ooh, her new shows on i'm not gonna say what day it is because i can't remember it, <laughs> <laughs> it's am- yeah sorry <laughs> it's amazing though you should listen to it. um but yeah like you know they're like one of or two of very few guiding lights in hip-hop pushing radio do you feel like radio has a lot to answer for and do you, h- how do you feel you get around that
2: Yeah, I think like looking at the Irish radio scene at the moment, like you have the people you mentioned and like, Dan Haggerty and like Peter Curtin and yeah, stuff are yeah. like a few others who who do good stuff. But like the problem is, is that it's that like the slots that that type of music is coming on. That like not even just Irish hip hop, like Irish alternative music, anything that isn't chart music. The slots that they're coming on is, is like later in the evening, um times potentially when people aren't listening. Like it's again like that onto daytime slots. And and I think there's, a, I feel like there's just like a major disconnect with mainstream media in this country. Like I know the Play Irish. Uh, is it play Irish?
1: And even Studio think, Eight and stuff is yeah, quite good like, as well. Yeah, those
2: bits are like really good. Like they've been launched recently to to make efforts to fix it. But even looking at some of the play Irish playlists, I'm still seeing like the same lads who be getting mainstream radio play anyway. And um, so it is like about making that focus. But I I don't like. I, I, it's the same with, like, talking there about getting, like, more funding and stuff like that. It's, like, these issues are really frustrating because you're, like, in your head, you're, like, I know how to solve this problem. But it's, like, how does that problem actually get solved right. when people from top down just aren't interested yeah. in, like, fixing these problems and actually, like, embracing this as, like, something that's culturally important in this country. So, I don't, I, like... It's one of those things that you don't have the answer to because you're like, How do we shout loud enough to make people realise that this is what young people in Ireland are doing right now and this should be on your daytime radio because this is great music that's like and like some of the acts that are coming out, like listening to I was listening to the new seventh Obie track the other day. Mm. That's a perfectly polished hip hop track. That should be on daytime radio. There's no reason why any other hip-hop track could be on ma- daytime radio, and that couldn't be.
3: I feel like when it comes to radio, it's a general consensus that that kind of thing happens yeah. because it's everywhere in the world. The daytime is just for the, you know, chart top, top charters and stuff like that. And then the evening, like, I remember back, back at home in Nigeria, like, literally around, like, 10, it's like, you're, why are you laughing? <laughs> That's where, like, Section Boys is playing, like, literally, like, the underground, like, music, stuff like that. So you don't get that in the morning, ever. So if it's not happening in the UK, it's not happening in America. It's not gonna. It's, not, it's gonna take a while before
0: it's it's a while. it happens here. This is actually my final question because I don't know how long we've been going for, but it's probably been ages. But uh, the, you know, yourself, Kelly, writing for uh, Boiler Room, uh, Dean Van Wynn, who's on the next panel about female representation in hip hop, he's written for Pitchfork. He put Lutherist on. Um, he reviewed that that record for Pitchfork. Um, Andrew Moore, is that Andrew yeah, Moore from yeah. Belfast? Yeah, work for ID uh, Clash. Yeah, yeah. Clash. Yeah. yeah, so like you know, and and the, all of these pieces and like yourselves, in, yourself included, Kelly is about Irish hip hop. You know, do you guys have any plans for, you know, expansion or link up abroad to to do? You know, it's maybe a little bit not easier because freelance is not easy. But like you know, as a freelance, you know, you're pitching ideas. But like as publications. And I suppose this is specifically aimed at the three guys. But do you have any plans to to try and push it a little bit further, or can you even think of ways that that could be possible?
3: I'm um, right right now. I'm very skeptical about jumping into it too much because there's this there's this um I've noticed that it it just ends up getting enveloped into that brand because we're not big enough to just stand alone as a brand if we are um, collaborating with bigger brands or brands that are more established abroad. So, yeah, right now I'm skeptical about jumping straight into it, but that would be nice <laughs> to actually just, you know. Um, be, yeah, especially like in the UK, because not, people st- still think Ireland is the UK and that bugs me so much. So just, yeah, collaborating with like politicians abroad and I just end up just developing and just like, you know. But yeah, in the future anyway, we'll see.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I don't want to dilute what I'm doing too much in initially. Like, I want to focus on Irish hip-hop especially, but um got a couple of bits and pieces with, like, I do work with Golden Tech as well, and, you know, I do interviews with international artists. And even if I was recording the interviews and throwing them up on Mabfield or whatever, like, just if people are searching, I don't know, say, an interview action Bronson, then the next related video is, I don't know, Seventh Obie or, you know, Palagoon or something like that those small little things like i find so many artists through related videos it's insane like you could be listening to like uh hip-hop beats to chill too and like i know sea back will come up you know like lo-fi produ- production from northern ireland it's just like something like that not nothing too like uh too purposeful just like working that sort of way yeah
1: yeah it was kind of the exact same as dylan as well whereas like folks and an irish hip-hop obviously because it's like feasible for for mm. us as well but like um i think like maybe one of the closest things obviously the workflow thing we were working on is like potentially has room to to expand and and kind of as you were saying you could discover an irish artist following directly after like an international name or something like that so um i think the more just content creation that's generated around Irish hip hop, but that also involves the broader spectrum as well, will just help validate it as it, like yeah. its own scene as well. So, would the listener, listen down, and just be like, This is Irish music, though, just be like, It's an artist, yeah. Exactly. That's the that's always my fear yeah. with things super like important,
0: that. yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, th- I think we're gonna leave it there. Um, follow oh, my Mabfield online motif. Yo, we have an event on the 24th of August. <laughs> pull up.
3: Yo, listen, it's a mansion party mystery pull up. You know yourself, man. I'll talk to you later, all right? I think, I, I
0: think I'm pl- I think I'm playing at that, aren't I? Oh
1: yeah, you playing.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is going to be over there. If everyone's going everyone's going to be there, man. Just come on, come on, come. On. Uh, listen to Gadget and the Clouds new release on Friday, tomorrow. Today, midnight tonight. Um and follow sold out podcast and keep an eye out for the workflow collaboration we're doing with them it's like a live music thing thanks so much for listening thanks everyone